back to Brian and Brian's Bible Bistro. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brian. And this is the Bible Bistro, a podcast all about the Bible, theology, and all things related to the Christian yes. faith. Welcome. Welcome. Good to be here in the same room. We are in the same room. Uh, we just celebrated Thanksgiving this week in real non-podcast time. Right. We just celebrated Thanksgiving, and we're on the backside of Thanksgiving yep. here. And so we're getting ready, wrapping up Daniel this week. Yeah. And then we're getting into Advent. So. Yeah. Special bonus episode this week. Yes. Exciting bonus content. Bo- <laughs> yes. Yes. But before we get started, Brian. Yes. We need to have a continue have a conversation that we've already started. It is a Saturday right now, everyone. I want you to know right. it's a Saturday. And Brian is wearing three shirts. <laughs> I have an undershirt on, an outer shirt, and a sweater. How many? Sh- it's Saturday, though. Well, I mean, I knew Saturdays I was re- are for less. I knew I was recording, <laughs> and I knew that our our YouTube viewers had high standards. <laughs> Um, they don't. You didn't get the memo. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, this whole started because Brian says I'm kind of warm, and we're like, it's because you are layered. Actually, wasn't I didn't say I was warm. Tundra. So what's that? I didn't say I was warm. I said I was uncomfortable. <laughs> it has to do with where my computer sits here. Okay, sure, whatever. All right. All right. Well, and anyway, you gave, you gave me a Bible to use. I, like I gave him a God, 20, 20 pound. What's well, a it's a wonderful Bible. study Bible. All Bring right. your own, and I don't have to give you I one. Know. I know. I know. You heathen. Well, anyway, we're going to finish up Daniel 12. There's a yeah, lot I going on. I could use my phone. What's like that? I, nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, so we're wrapping up a Daniel this yeah. week. It's exciting. Yeah. You know, we've been through uh, last week. Lots of history, yeah. lots of things going on. And, and thanks for those who've given us positive feedback on this and shared it. Yeah. We've had some uh, new listeners come on. It's good to, good to yeah, see well, that. Well, Daniel, Daniel brings everybody out of the woodwork, it brings, doesn't it? <laughs> it brings everybody in. Just Daniel, the big... Well, you know, this might be something we talk about in the future. I've been finishing a book up about yeah. this concept of dispensationalism, dispensationalism and yeah. pre and Yeah. In times, Tim LaHaye and all that stuff, yeah. and so and I think I think there's been a kind of resurgence of interest in in the eschatology. There's always there's always I mean, when people find out that I'm a New Testament professor or whatever, I've studied New Testament. They're you know they're always oh t- tell me about the Book of Revelation or have you, have you ever studied Revelation? Usually it's Revelations. Have you studied Revelations? Yes, you've scorned. We know. Yeah, but, but anyway, so that's uh, I think you smell well, right. I did it, and you scorned me. Yes, Brian. <laughs> This isn't just like a far distant memory. I've said it before, and you're like, mm, actually, well, like a fact, my personal fact check. Well, I, yeah. Anyway, so, it's a joke. Dan- it's Dan- okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Daniel twelve. <laughs> Daniel twelve. Anyway, it's, it's Daniel. Gonna... It brings a lot of people up because sure. I mean, it's this is a, a book that has a lots of right. prophetic visions in it, and everybody's like, is this? future is this now yeah. like what's going on and so well and we have the language is picked up by jesus it's picked up by the book of revelation as you've mentioned before so yeah this this is a pretty important book to understand i think some of this uh, new testament eschatology as well so yeah absolutely all right well let's get into it well last week i'll just kind of remind you what we looked at with daniel chapter 11 we covered a lot of ground a lot of history yes. if you'll remember mm-hmm. i'm not going to repeat all of it now but basically we we saw that there was this ongoing uh, warring over the promised land. Um, kings of the north, the the Seleucids, kings of the south, warring back and forth for several hundred years of history is what that covered. And then we came down to the end of chapter 11. I'll remind you that we talked a little bit about, is this Antiochus? Is this further uh, discussion of Antiochus, or is he pointing toward another king, Herod? Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of take the side, we're talking about Herod there at the end of chapter 11, and so we're getting into really the coming of Jesus, and and uh, you know we're getting ready to start the Advent season here in in real time, and so uh, it, it's it's that kind of um, discussion then of what is going to happen when God finally brings His ultimate salvation through His Son Jesus, and so that's what I think this is pointing toward. I think that's what Chapter Twelve is going to be pointing toward as well. So that's yeah. that's kind of just the introduction of what we're we're looking at. Go ahead and read verse one for me if you don't mind, and and I'll say. Daniel 12 is kind of a short chapter. Uh, 11, we kind of muscled through, oh, but man, 12, yeah. we should have plenty of time to discuss yeah. this. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, 
everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. Okay, so there's several things to, to talk about here. At that time, I think, is referring to this, you know, kind of what we were referring to earlier, that Herod, uh, it's a time of the Romans, mm. uh, is, is what's being referred to. It, it even echoes all the way back to chapter 2 of Daniel, if you can remember back that far. I'm the, processing the, back there, yeah. The, the vision of the statue. Uh, and yes. it, it says at the time, in the time of those kings, then God is going to bring a kingdom that's going to be greater than all these. You might remember yes. that. Oh, yes. It's that same kind of at that time I think we're, we're talking about now. And, and it talks about Michael here. And and there there are people there is an interpretation of this that you can take that Michael is is kind of a I don't want to say it's a predecessor for Jesus or a way to refer to Jesus or the coming of hmm. Christ. Okay, I don't take that view. I think Michael is is referring to again God's agent. Often we see him in in battles, kind of a warrior angel, as we've mentioned before. We see him in the Book of Revelation mentioned mm-hmm. as well, a defender of God's people against superior forces, is the way we kind of see him. And this is the same Michael we think maybe back in <laughs> Daniel ten. Yeah, that's, that that had come and basically said to Daniel, "Hey, I would." Have come sooner, but I yeah, was busy. I was, I was with the Prince of Persia, and so, so that whole kind of idea that there are these supernatural agents acting on God's behalf and defending God's people in these difficult times. Uh, we, we talk about Gabriel's kind of the one who brings these messages of salvation in a way, um, and Michael is the one who seems to have this. Uh, there's this view of him as a warrior to he's, bring. He's to bring, the one with a hammer. Right to bring revelation into it, we've we've actually had d- done a uh, an episode, I believe, on this passage, where it talks about uh, Michael th- casting down um, Satan to the yeah. to the earth, and and so he's the one who kind of is is seen as the one defeating. You know, it's not not that he does the work that defeats Satan, but he's he's seen in that kind of uh, the warrior um, aspect. So. Here's what's difficult then. Of course, from Daniel's perspective, he's looking far into the future. So the the issues, the the, the description of what's going to take place here, there's a lot of specificity still, but there's also a vagueness to it. And and this is a little bit like in Revelation when it talks about the coming of Christ, it kind of conflates his entire ministry. If you remember um, the 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 woman, the dragon, the dragon, and the woman we talked about there, mm-hmm. is, is we have this hyper condensed. So his birth, his death, and his resurrection kind like of all in, condensed two sentences, yeah, right. And and so it's the same kind of thing I think we have here, uh, Michael at that time. So so we're we're seeing God's salvation for his people being a accomplished here. And Michael, from Daniel's perspective, is a part of this. That This is the vision uh, that's given him. So that's the first thing I wanted to kind of talk about there. Um, the other thing is this idea of their names written in the book of life, which is kind of a, a Jewish tradition as well. We find this in other places that their names are written down there. Um, Jesus refers to this. You might remember, he says, don't be glad that you have this power to his disciples, but be glad your names are written in the in, in the book. And then we have this book that's mentioned in the book of Revelation, Revelation. as well. So it's that kind of an idea that, that your names, and, and they talk there about names being blotted out of the book yeah. of life and this kind of thing. So, so this is just a way to refer to that you are a part of God's people. You're a part of this salvation that's going to be given. Uh, Daniel's going to be given this assurance even when we get to the end of the chapter. Because you know by the time this stuff happens, Daniel's going to be long dead, right? Right, yeah. Uh, kind of like what you talked about a little bit last week, that there's, there's several centuries that we're looking at here, 600 years uh, that's, that's taking place. And Daniel's going to be, and he, it mentions this at the very end of the book, Daniel's going to be long buried by that time. And so this idea that his name is written in, in this book is, uh, is an encouraging part of this. Um, let me see. And there was something else I was going to mention. Uh, oh, this time, unlike any other, and this is where I wanted you to look at Luke 21 when we get to this as well. So he talks about this great cataclysmic event that's going to take place in, in the promised land and in Jerusalem uh, regarding the temple. And he says it's going to be unlike any other in, until the very end. Uh, and, and so this causes a lot of people to immediately go toward, well, this must be talking about the very end of the world. Similar kind of thing that we see in what we call the the little apocalypse of Jesus or the um, – the uh, Olivet Discourse, we sometimes refer to it as on the Mount of Olives, where Jesus again there refers to um, 
this idea of a cataclysmic event where the temple's going to be destroyed, all you know, all this kind of stuff's going to happen. So look at Luke 21. We actually, if you'll remember, we we talked to John Wedley about this and had him mm-hmm. kind of walk through it with us. Um, do you remember the upshot of that when we talked to John Wedley about this? That he said it's referring to events that that would have had happened in in connection with the the Romans. Mm, do you yes. remember that? Yes, okay. Yes. So so look in uh, Luke 21. I think I just have. A f- Three or four verses there. What, 20 to 24? Is that what I said for you to read? Go ahead and read that for us. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out. Let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment and fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be a great distress in the land and wrath against this people. So go ahead. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So this idea of the uh, of the distress, great distress, mm-hmm. is is an echo of what we find here in Daniel, and and Jesus seems to intimate that this is going to be this horrible time. But he also says, you might remember that that this generation is not going to pass away until these events take place. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is saying this during his ministry in the 30s, toward the end of his ministry. Uh, 30s AD is what we understand. 70 AD is the destruction. Uh, the the um, siege of Jerusalem begins in October of 66 AD uh, and then is completed in, in 70 AD. And so this, this, this period of time <clears> – <throat> And I've mentioned to you, it's it's described in Josephus. Mm-hmm. It is a horrible time, and uh, it ends with the destruction of Jerusalem, and particularly then the destruction of the temple again. <laughs> right. right. We have the destruction of the temple in five eighty six by the Babylonians, and, and then we have the rebuilding of the temple. But then we have the desecration of the temple by uh, Antiochus. Antiochus Epiphanes, and then we have Herod coming and rebuilding the temple, or I should say, rebuilding, but. Um, uh, remodeling it, everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> Refurnishing it, and then we have the destruction of that temple in AD seventy, never to have been rebuilt to the to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, of course, the temple platform is now where the Dome of the Rock is in Jerusalem. If you've uh, if you've seen that, uh, the temple platform is what is left. Herod's kind of platform that the the temple was set on top of, and, and so. You know the destruction that the Romans brought during the siege, and when they finally were able to break in, is described again in Josephus. I read, had you read a little bit. Yeah. We, we won't read it right now. We'll read it in a little bit. But, um, but that uh, that whole um, destruction was a cataclysmic event. One of one of my favorite things to do. This is kind of shows how sick I am. But one of, one of my favorite things to do when you're visiting Jerusalem is to go down to the base of the temple platform and you can see where they leverage these huge rocks that the huge stones, mm-hmm. uh, uh, chiseled stones that, that the disciples are describing. The Roman soldiers lever those off the top and they crash down onto solid stone pavement on the on the bottom and broke the solid stone pavement that was that was in the ground, which is just if you can imagine the force of that. Mm-hmm. And and it was it was the end of the world. You know, it was for for those in that in that time, it was the end. And, and they couldn't imagine that huge of an event that would cause the temple to be destroyed. Uh, and these huge stones to be cast down to the earth, they couldn't imagine that happening and then history continuing on beyond it. And so that's what we find Jesus, I think, referring to. And I think this is what Daniel's referring to in chapter 12 then, is this destruction of Jerusalem by the by the Romans. Okay. Comments on that or any, any questions? Uh, no, I don't okay. think so. Go ahead and read then back in Daniel 12. Go ahead and read uh, verses 2 through 4 if you don't mind. Yeah. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. Okay, so this idea of rolling up the scroll, uh, we we see the same thing being said to uh, to John in the book of Revelation, and, and I think this has to do with this is not happening 
in, in the near future. This is something that's a long way off. So roll this, roll this up. This is going to be something important to preserve. It's going to be something important to save. But it's basically, it's not for you, Daniel. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not. This is not going to happen within your lifetime. Right? This is something that is looking at the far future. You can see it again why there are many who consider this to be the end of the world because this idea of the the multitudes who sleep. multitudes who sleep. But I want you to think about. Um, I want you to think about during Jesus' ministry uh, that uh, you you might remember in Matthew, it records that when Jesus uh, died, uh, there was a great earthquake. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. And, and it says the temple, the, the the veil of the temple was torn in two, and it says that there were- Dead that came out of their tombs. Many of the dead came out of their tombs. <clears throat> Not only that, Jesus raised the dead. We find him raising the widow of Nain's son in mm-hmm. Luke 4 or 5, wherever that is, like Five, uh, we have him raising Lazarus, of course, in John chapter eleven. We have him raising um, uh, Tabitha. You, or, you know, uh, all of these, all of these resurrections that take place <clears throat> point toward what Jesus came to do. I think, and, and so there's also a way in which this, I want to say this, this resurrection can also have a, a spiritual aspect to it as, as well. At this time, many who are sleeping, right? Many who are mm-hmm. who who are misunderstanding because you see that talking about that nature of wisdom as well. Mm-hmm. Now I do want to mention, you know, there's an alternate reading right there if you look at the footnote. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the verb that's used there isn't necessarily those who um uh who are who have wisdom but it says something to the effect of those who cause others to be wise or impart wisdom is those who give end. wisdom to others yeah and and so we're we're perhaps imagining again the time of Jesus the time of his his disciples mm-hmm. who are teaching God's wisdom and we find people then who are responding who are moving as John says from death to life right who are being raised spiritually so again there's a lot who want to make this, oh, the great resurrection that we, we read about in the book of Revelation, and that could be the case, but it also could be talking about this time when God's salvation is finally going to come, and this wisdom that is imparted by Jesus and the apostles then are, are going to many of God's people, and those who respond then are are, are being raised. Jesus, the, the, the resurrections, or the it, t- technically the, the bringing back to life, right, the resuscitations that Jesus performs in the Gospels point toward, I think, the, the reality of this, this spiritual awakening as well. They're, they're pointing toward that. So I'll give you the example I always like, because Lazarus, of course, John, you know, it's my, my, my jam. So uh, John chapter 11, you know, Jesus says to Martha, you know, your brother will live again. And she says, well, I know that he'll, he'll be raised again at the last day. And then Jesus' response to her is, I tell you, there's a time coming where anyone who hears the voice of the Son of Man will live, right? Uh, and he says to her there, I am the resurrection and the life. Mm-hmm. And so then to show the truth of his his being the resurrection, right, the giver of life, he raises Lazarus from the dead. Now, Lazarus dies again, right? Right. That, that points toward, though, that that reality that Jesus is the one who's who's ultimately able to give life. And so I think this may be what Daniel is is pointing toward. Gotcha. So again, this is kind of a hyper compressed time. I think thing. so. You think you're like I, I think the... we're talking about this kind of this time of salvation. We saw it back a couple of uh, weeks ago when we looked at the 77s, you remember? Mm-hmm. Daniel's like Oh, it's the seventy years are over, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's time for God's people to return to the land. And the message there that's given to him by the angel is, well, <laughs> there's there's more. There's another there's another salvation, and I think this is pointing toward that same thing. Yeah, and this isn't unique to Daniel either, because no. I think I was having a conversation with someone about like how do we read the Old Testament yeah. sometimes because yeah. we can get caught in in those traps sometimes because sure. we read. Um, I don't want to say the word literal, but we, you know, how we read right. books or how we expect books to be written right. is not maybe in the same is not in the same way that right. the, the writers of the Old Testament worked, and that there is there is compression and pushing yeah. and pulling of time because the narrative is trying to give us a certain yeah. message, not give us this chron- necessarily chronological step by step piece. Yeah. But it's it's that worldview tug and you know right. that. So I think. I think as you read Daniel, as we've talked about this many times, it's like we have to have our minds 
attuned to that, that right. our expectations and how things are written are, are different. So, okay. Right. I think that's correct. And and uh, so this idea, those who sleep sleep in the dust will be awakened, you know, has to do, I think, with, with God's people responding to the to the message of of the coming of the Messiah, you know, he's finally, he's finally come. Hmm. Um, and and I, I like, the other thing I like is those who have insight, uh, those who have this wisdom will, will shine like, like the stars essentially, mm-hmm. uh, like the bright expanses of the heavens. And so, you know, this reminds us of Peter, for example, who talks about a shining like stars in a dark generation and, and all this kind of an idea that, that, that the wisdom that is imparted to them, uh, then, um, uh, puts them in this position of, of being, uh, you know, being able to project a light to others. So <clears throat> the, the interesting thing that happens next. So, you know, again, Daniel's supposed to seal these things up. And then what's interesting is we have two other angels that come on the scene and they're having this conversation. Uh, let me go ahead and read it. This is verse five. Um, then I, Daniel, looked, and two others were standing there, one on this bank of the river. So we're, he, remember, he's on the, at the Tigris, mm-hmm. one on this bank of the river and one on the other. One of them said to the man dressed in linen, and that takes us back to the one who's been kind of guiding. He's been the supernatural guide for Daniel this whole mm-hmm. time. So this angel asked this uh, other angel, you know, um, and, and uh, well, anyway, he asked him this question. How long until the end of these wondrous things is is the way that this is translated in the in the uh, CSB or these amazing things, something to that effect? So all these things you're talking about, how long will this be? And, and it's not even. And I've said before, this is kind of what God's people are normally asking. It's interesting that we have an angel asking this question, question. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jesus, you might remember when it talks to him, when he talks about the coming of the Son of Man. I'm thinking here about Matthew chapter 24. Mm-hmm. He says, "Not even the angels know, not even the Son, only the Father, Father knows yeah. the times." And, and so this is kind of a, uh, you know, maybe even what Jesus is referring here to this idea that the angel doesn't know. Uh, but it, it's interesting. This angel, this messenger, right? That's what the word angel means. This this one who's acting on the behalf of God's people. Ask this question that God's people want to know, mm-hmm. right? How, how long until this this thing? And, and and particularly, I don't think we're necessarily he's talking about from the time of Daniel. But how long is this is this end going to last? So this distress mm-hmm. that's going to come on God's people, and that's usually when when people are asking this question. I always use the example. I believe it's the fifth seal, right? In in uh, is it Dan, uh, Revelation chapter seven? Fifth seal is open, and the slain saints under the altar. How long? Say, how long, O Lord, faithful and true, until you avenge our blood? And so it's basically, how long is this distress? How long is this time of oppression right going to last? How long is this going to be? So it's not, I, I think, talking about how long until these things happen, as much as it's going to be what's the what's the endurance, right? What's the what's the um, the time span of how long of God's tribulation. Pe- well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> uh, of trip, not the great tribulation, tribulation. but of, of tribulation, which I think is what's being referred to. Right. Yeah. So, so this is the question he asked. One of them uh, asked him how long until the end of these wondrous things. Here's the answer in verse seven. Then I heard the man dressed in linen who was above the water of the river. He raised both his hands toward heaven and swore by him who lives eternally that it would be for a time times and half a time mm-hmm. by now we we're expecting that right mm-hmm. uh, when the power of the holy people is shattered all these things will be the word there is completed or you might have the word fulfilled there mm-hmm. uh, the fulfillment the end end of all these things right the limit is one of the ways we can think about this the limit of all these things is when god's holy people are finally going to be shattered right a- a- and this time of the time, times, and a half a time, this time of uh, persecution is going to is going to come to an end. So, time t- two times and a half a time is is three and a half years, right? We've talked about this number before, and we're going to see it expressed in a in a different way uh, here in just a minute. This three and a half years is the time of Antiochus Epiphanes. 
It's also interestingly, and we'll talk, I'm not talk about this yet. We'll go to the next section. It's also interestingly that time that we find the Roman occupation, the siege, uh, the siege of Jerusalem, about three and, a half years. and and so you know it it it's always the 42 months, the 1260, 1290 days in here uh, in Daniel. This period of time is is the amount of time that God's people um, suffer until the end comes. It's the it's that period of endurance. I, and, I suppose, and it's referenced in Revelation as well. It's referenced in Revelation repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's there. It's three and a half days, or and then it's twelve hundred eighty days. Sometimes it's time two times and a half a time. Yeah, yeah. So so it's 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 you know it's the normal period if you will of of this 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 kind of thing happening uh, so uh, you know this shouldn't be a surprise to us by now so this raises then a question for daniel this is verses 8 and 9 then uh, daniel says i heard this but did not understand so i asked my lord what will be the outcome of these things in other words what will be the the um completion of these things what what will what what will happen and we get kind of a we get kind of a vague answer to daniel <laughs> i'm sure it's unsatisfying to daniel it says he said go on your way daniel for the words are secret and sealed until the time of the end and so I, this is so interesting to me that daniel then this prophet and we don't, don't we often uh, you know we kind of think man these prophets had it had it they understood it all had it all together but you know you know as as paul says uh, it ends up that they were serving us right they mm-hmm. they were writing these things for those on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come and so you know they even wanted to understand these things and and it was vague to them. And I think this is what's going on. Go on your way, Daniel, because this stuff, you're not going to be able to see this stuff completely. Uh, and again, there is hope for Daniel. We'll, we'll end with yeah. that. But but he's basically saying this kind of this isn't for you. This isn't this is a, a, a time of secret kind of an, uh, I, in the notes here. I put enigmatic. This is this is kind of a mysterious answer uh, that he gets. So. Anything to to this point you want to ask about, or any any other comments or questions? No, I no, I think that's a good point to point out. Is sometimes like yeah, the prophets have questions. <laughs> sure, and and, I, and and again, I think for us the humility. Then mm-hmm. you know, I, I you know, I I always try to couch these things to say this is the best of my understanding, right? Mm-hmm. That that Daniel and Isaiah, <laughs> you know, that Isaiah could go. Ah, I, don't, I don't. I this is what I heard. I right, don't know. Right. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm reporting the news, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that the angels, you know, the angels in heaven want to know, well, how, you know, what's what's this going to be? And they're asking questions, and all this, you know, gives us a sense, should give us a sense of humility when it comes to to the these issues as well. Do you think it's to give enough of? I, I mean, this is pure conjecture. Sure, you know, like okay, it's it is enigmatic. You know, yeah. it's like it's not a complete answer. You kind of go, well, what's the point? Oh, then? right, for Daniel, you mean, or for us? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I think for Daniel, and I'll go back again to, to a couple of weeks ago, I think for Daniel, this knowledge, so so for him, the end is, oh, we're back from Babylonian exile. Mm-hmm. And remember, he was a kid. He was a, right. you know, probably a teenager. Yeah. He, 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 he's, he's lived through the entire period of the Babylonian exile. And then for him to be given this message, but there's another salvation yet to come. And then we have <laughs> just to just to kind of move forward in time. Then we have Jesus, right? We have the fulfillment of this stuff, and I think I've said this before on this on this very podcast. You know, it would have been really difficult. I think, you know, you know, it was difficult for the disciples when Jesus is saying to them, "I'm the," you know, they say, "We believe you're the Christ," so. They're saying we believe that you are this eternal king that we've been looking forward to all this time who's going to finally <laughs> make mm-hmm. things the way that they're supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most difficult things for the apostles after Jesus had raised from the dead would have been for them to wake up that Easter Monday morning and gone – the very first Easter and gone – uh, 
things kind of look the same as they always right. have, right? Mm-hmm. Now, they have the promise of the resurrection now because of Jesus, right? But that's not what they signed doesn't up. doesn't feel different. <laughs> that's not what they signed up for. Mm-hmm. And so there's still all this stuff. And, and Jesus even warns them about that. That's part of what the, the apocalypse is about. You know, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars, but before all this, the end comes, you're going to be persecuted and you're going to be oppressed. And, and so we find basically, okay, the end has come, but there's still stuff beyond that as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's for us then, the message is, is a similar one. Um, you know, I'm getting lots of calls right now. In fact, I, I just preached a sermon last Sunday. Uh, I had a spare week between series. And so I, I called it the coming of the son of man because everybody's wanting to know now, oh, all the stuff going on in Israel, isn't this a harbinger to the end? And my second point out of Matthew chapters 24 and 25, my second point was Jesus coming is soon or not because Jesus warned his disciples as well. Be, and he did this through some of his um, parables. parables be ready for the long, enduring time if if it's necessary. So I, I mentioned, I think, last week, the 10 versions, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure you have enough oil for when the midnight call comes, right? Um, the, the talents, the man goes on a journey, and after a long time, he returns. And does he find uh, his, his uh, servants faithful? Um, Jesus' own question about the coming of the Son of Man is interesting. Uh, it kind of changes the perspective because his question is, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? In other words, will there be people who are faithfully waiting for his return? So so I think the message for us is, even though we're always thinking, oh, this is, this is the end, this is the end, we've got to be prepared to recognize that there might be stuff beyond this for us as well mm-hmm. and, and be prepared for the long haul, if that, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's... I've had this conversation with someone like, is this the end yeah. or, you know, or it can't get worse than it does now. Right. And I'm like, mm, but it has, <laughs> it has, well, that's, like, that, that's a, but it's, yeah. we, we, we can only see time in the time that we live, you know, we, sure. we're only living in a certain block of time. Yeah. And so it's hard for us to reflect back to what was, or, you know, what could have been before we yeah. were, this is just, this is a totally off the topic, but we're talking about our kids. It was Thanksgiving, and I saw right. this map, and it was this illustration of all the families who'd come on the Mayflower. Oh, and right. this person had said, like, we all need to be thankful, you know, for where we come from, because then it said, and here are the families that made it to the first Thanksgiving, and it showed all the people that had died. Wow. That You know, and it's just... You know, between. So between between the- when they landed and that first Thanksgiving. Like, right. it was like decimation. Whole families... Um, but you know, we talked to our kids like how fortunate the time that we live in, you know, like there's medicine and all that stuff, but we also see the world around us and see what, or even I'm 42, what it was like, you know, I have these rose colored glasses about the eighties and whatever, but you, 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 um, you see what has changed. You're like, I can't get worse than this, but like, you know, there's this, it has been. And like, that's the, we have to be ready. Like it's. We have these cycles of bad, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and it is not, we're not living in totally, we're not yeah. living in uniqueness here. Yeah. There was an opinion piece on the Washington Post that I saw a lot of people sharing on Facebook. Did you see any of that? I, I don't know. It was interesting because basically they were, they were kind of saying the same thing. If your great, great grandmother looked at today, they would be like, you live in a fairyland. <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> like you live in a place where you have all these mechanical devices mm-hmm. that are doing work for you and your life is so easy compared to what your great, yeah, great your grandmother. Yeah, your house is warm and you just push a button right. on something. You're, you're not out cutting wood and all constantly. that kind of stuff. And, you know, yeah, water, water comes clean. through a tap and, you know, it's just, it's, it's an amazing, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. But you're right. When you think historically, and this is where Josephus, I've said to you before that that whole section talking about the siege and, and Josephus was an eyewitness to it. He, he, he mentions that a few places in that whole, whole thing. And we'll get to, to why I wanted you to have this passage here in a minute, but in his sixth book, um, Josephus, this is the Jewish wars. Mm-hmm. In the sixth book, he talks about the the final destruction of Jerusalem. But in the books leading up to that, he talks about how horrible it was. You know, people were eating donkeys' heads, and mm-hmm. they were paying premium prices for donkeys' heads because the siege was so severe. It was a long period of time that the people were there, and there were people who, as you mentioned last time, there were people who died in that period of time mm-hmm. before before Titus got to the end. 
and and you know just the description of what he's saying for those people yeah that's the end of the world right mm-hmm. that's that's the that's the very end you know things this is the time of distress i think unlike any that that had come upon them before then that's how josephus describes it and i'm going i'm going to get hate mail for this probably but perfect this is what the podcast <laughs> is all about but Nash, national israel then comes mm-hmm. to an end right they are defeated they are they are they are you know put under roman oppression jerusalem's destroyed it's not resettled for a long period of time temples destroyed you know it, it, they this, were already occupied by by the romans but then the zealots yeah, rebelled and that's rebelled what, and so the romans came in and leveled jerusalem mm-hmm. and so that's the end mm-hmm. <laughs> right and i think that's what's being pointed point pointed toward here now let let me go to this next part because I find this very very interesting. This is where I was mentioning Josephus particularly. Um, so he says, "Go your way, Daniel, uh, for the words are secret, sealed until the time of the end." Verse ten: Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined, but the wicked will act wickedly. None of the wicked will understand, but those who've been taught will understand. So this is a little bit like. What we find is Paul describing in First Thessalonians when when they're kind of questioning, hey, when's this coming that you've promised? When is when is this going to happen? And, and essentially, what what Paul answers there for the Thessalonians is that as long as there are wicked people doing wicked things, you know that the end has not yet come, right? You know that there is still um, God's st- plan is still being worked out to the to the very end, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's going to be righteousness. It, it, here's Jesus' parable. If you want Jesus' words, Jesus says, uh, it tells the parable of the wheat and the tares. Do you remember the wheat and the weeds? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the enemy put these these wheat weed seeds in with the good seeds. So what are we going to do? Shall we go and tear out the tares? No, Jesus says because you might tear out some of the good wheat along with it. So let them grow up together. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, we'll, we'll separate them. We're going to separate them, right? The the and the weeds are going to be cast into the into the furnace, right? And burned up. And the wheat will be taken into the store barns. And, and Jesus himself interprets that for his disciples to say this is talking about the the coming of the son of man when the angels will essentially separate um, those who've grown up, they'll grow up together. In other words, there will be goodness and wickedness until the very end. And, and I think that's what's being pointed toward here. Then verse 11, from the time the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. So 12, time, two times, time and, and a half. And, and here's the interesting thing. Here's what I think is being talked about here. From the time that they laid siege to Jerusalem in October of 66 until the daily sacrifice. And you want to read that in Josephus because he, he gives us the date here in Roman in Roman reckoning. Which is interesting. Yes. Titus now ordered, this is Josephus, the yeah. Jewish war. Titus, who was the commander of the yeah, Romans, the, Titus the, now the ordered general. The, the troops the, uh, that were with him to raise the foundations of Antonia uh-huh. and to prepare an easy ascent for the whole army. Then having learned that on that day, it was the 17th of Panamus, mm-hmm. the so-called continual sacrifice had for lack of men ceased to be offered to God and that the people were in consequence terribly despondent. So we can date the day that the daily sacrifice ended. That's what Josephus is saying there. Mm-hmm. The daily sacrifice came to an end on that day. Antonia was the tower that the Romans had built in, into basically the wall surrounding the surrounding the uh, temple. Uh, and that's where they stationed their their soldiers and all this kind of stuff. So he's saying, let's tear the foundations down. That allows them, where the zealots had shut themselves into the temple, that allows them in. They put an end to the daily sacrifice. So here's the interesting thing, is that's in, in July of 70. So we're talking about three years and a part of another year, 1,290 days between that time where Vespasian um, lay siege until that until that daily sacrifices come to an end. So I think that's literally what Daniel is talking to about here. If that's the case, the interesting thing about that to me is that you know, I said I said there's a specificity here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Daniel may not have been able to understand it, but this is this is 600 years before these events take place that we have them 
being described with this kind of specificity. Now, here's what's hard for a lot of people then is this next point. So it's 1290, we, we know. Um, From the time the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1290 days. Happy is the one who waits for and reaches 1335 days. Hold on for another month and a half. Well, 45 days. Yeah. So now what I think is going on here is the interesting thing is, you know, so we've talked about this destruction and the incoming, the difficulty of those of that of that period of time that, that they've laid siege to Rome. After Rome lays siege and after the temple is they break through, they they get the zealots, they execute all the zealots, they let everybody else go. Mm-hmm. The rest of the residents of Jerusalem who are not a part Zealot. of this are, are let go. Uh, Jesus even, uh, you might remember, warned about this in the little apocalypse. He says when you see these these uh, armies surrounding Jerusalem, you need to escape. And I've mentioned to you before, we have historical record that many of the believers in Jesus escaped because they believed his words when like, they saw the Romans coming. This is coming. not going to go well. This is, gonna, this is the end. But But – the idea here, I think, of those who've endured that period, right? Those who have who have lived through that siege and who come to the end, if you can make it past the time when the Romans ha- have have just done all the the wor- work they're going to do, then you're blessed, right? right? Then you're able to resume. You can eat more than donkey heads now. Exactly. You're able to resume your life. Now, the message, I think, there's a long-term message, I think, for us in this, and that's the idea of faithful endurance, as we've talked about before. Um, that's the message of Revelation. Things are going to get tar- hard. They're going to be difficult. Um, we, what is what is called for from us, and this is what I, everybody who calls me now <laughs> and is asking me, hey, the war in Israel, what's, what's going on? Is this the sign of the end times and everything? I say, whether it is or not, whether Jesus is coming soon, whether he's coming back next month, or whether he's coming back, you know, a hundred years from now or a thousand years from now, the call for us is the same: faithful endurance, faithful mm-hmm. endurance, and, and to so so faithful endurance too. I'll, I'll mention because we we use that word, but what does that mean? I, I think it means we continue to trust in him, even even if he doesn't come back, even if he delays his coming. Um, then then we we continue to trust. That, that he will return and all will be made right. We, we have to be faithful in that. I think it's being faithful. You remember the, the, the story of the, um, the talents, the, the five bags of money that he gives. What he, what he expects is for them to use what they have been given in order to increase his kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. His, his, um, Wealth, <laughs> if you will, and, and what's said there in the parable, I find very interesting, is when the master comes back and finds that they have used what's been given to them. The, the only one who's criticized is the one who who doesn't use what's been given, but the one who's used what they've been given to him is is well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with these things; you'll be given more. And so, faithfulness, I think, in endurance, doesn't mean it's not just waiting. Right, it's not just sitting back and saying hey, he's going to come one of these days, but it's using what we have been given, all the resources that are at our disposal, in order to do the work that he has, he has called us to. Um, it, it's it's you know in this time we think a lot about doing kindness for others and, and that kind of thing, and I think it's it's using what we've been given in order to. Um, you know, when the very next parable after that, I don't know if you remember this in chapter twenty-five mm-hmm. of Matthew. So he tells the parable of the the ten virgins, the bridesmaids. He tells the the story of the um, master who goes on a journey and leaves sums of money for his servants, and then the very next thing he talks about is the separation of the sheep and the goats. Mm-hmm. And, and you might remember that that the end of that is that he says uh, the ones who have. Um, you know, when did we visit you when you're in prison? When did we clothe you when you were naked? When did we feed you when you were hungry? And the answer, of course, is what you did for the least of these that you've done for me. So I think that's that's the faith. That's what that's the call to be faithful, uh, to do what what to you know to to do what Christ would have us to do on His behalf. Um, that's what we're called to do until He returns, whatever whatever time that is. Let me go ahead and just finish this last. 
verse then. I find this one really interesting. But as for you, okay, Daniel, here's here's yours. Go on your way to the end. You will rest. In other words, you'll you'll die, and then you will stand to receive your allotted inheritance at the end of the days. So the the pointing toward and the promises of resurrection. Um, you know, Daniel talks about this. Isaiah talks about this idea of the resurrection. We've talked before about earlier in the Old Testament, the idea of resurrection of the dead is not as clearly um, talked about, although Jesus would say it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but but in Daniel, in Ezekiel, in Isaiah, we find this idea of the resurrection of the dead, a part of this in in, in times. You know, this is a part of what's going to happen. And so Daniel... You know, the other message for him is even you've done your part, right? Mm-hmm. You'll rest. And even though these things are not going to happen in your time, that you have the promise of the resurrection because you've been faith, a faithful person of God in, in this time, in your time. Um, and so there we come to the end of the book of Daniel. So, Wow. it's a lot in there. <laughs> any any final questions or comments or uh I don't think so. I think it's. I'm trying to think about how I want to say this. Well, I mean, it is the story of Daniel's faithfulness, like yeah. until the end of his life, yeah. in some way. You know what I mean? Like, it's this what does it look like for him to be faithful in right. his context right. and saying, like, well, there's going to be something. Again, it's this you're in this context, but there's going to be another context where people are going to have to fight. Right. To be faithful in. Right. Like, and there's going to be that it, I appreciate what you said that, like, as long as there's evil still, yeah. you know, is the wicked are going to be wicked. Yeah. And so, like, there's this enduring message of we see an, a shining example of Daniel being faithful in yep. this context. Right. And so, how are we faithful in our, con- you know, I mean, sure. like, I think that's the message for us is kind of going, how do we, we have that example. What does it mean to be faithful in, in our context and, yeah. and here today? And I mentioned, think about what an impact he and his friends had. We talked about that early on in this, in this whole series. Think about what an impact Daniel had on, on that time. And again, we're getting into this Christmas season and, and I believe the Magi who come from the East are are at least philosophical descendants of Daniel's teaching. What Daniel prepared them for, that there's going to come this time in the future, uh, these weeks that are going to happen, and at the end of that, there's going to, God's salvation is going to be here, is, is I think, what they're looking for. And, and they, they, they come expecting to see the king of the Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, so this, this teaching that Daniel gave had had an impact made a difference so i don't know who the author was but talked about you know how do we raise maybe it was chad ragsdale talking about resilient disciples oh yeah sure like how do we how do we become resilient disciples no matter what what happens how do we raise our children to be resilient disciples in the context but i think you know as i'm thinking about daniel here is he lived through a time where he saw the temple torn down once and the sacrifices stopped right and so it's like, oh, here's the 70 years is up, and you're going to go back, and people are trying to head back. And guess what? Here's it's another image yeah. of it's going to happen again yeah. when the, this sacrifice is going to stop. And so it is, you know, I, I what, what, how that impacts him at yeah. the end of his life, like kind of going like, hey, it looks good now, but like the wicked are still going to be wicked and there's going to happen. Yeah. This is going to happen again. And I think for us as Christians today is, and you think about when the sacrifice stopped, that seemed, yeah, that's, that's the deal. You know what I mean? Like that's right. the big deal. That's, that's their apocalypse. Right. You know, that's the end of it. And so for Christians, as we live in, what may seem like it's becoming more hostile to right. or some more pagan pagan oriented culture, whatever, that there might be times where it feels like it's a loss. Yeah. You know, that but the call isn't to just mourn right. or weep for what was, but is to remain resilient. Absolutely. That's and that well there said. will be there will be a there will be a forty five days later. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. Like when it yeah. when it ends, there there will be a time. You know, a like hope. There, there yeah. is hope that yeah. there is. Though happy are those who make it to this, yeah. and so well no said. matter no yeah. matter what it looks like, you know, Daniel is look ahead because I think that's the thing is we get this good idea like Daniel's got this vision, but there's right. also like Daniel's also seen a vision of like this. It's going to get wrecked again. Yeah, <laughs> it's going right. to get wrecked. 
You know, and 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 for me, and I, I know not everybody takes this view of things, but you know, the whole thing with John presenting, and, and again, if John is writing after the destruction of the temple, he, he's pre, he's presenting to us the idea that Jesus saw this coming. Jesus talked about the destruction of the temple, and he himself became what the temple represented. Uh, and, and I think that's important for us as as believers. I, I believe that there is a reason that the daily sacrifice still has not mm. has not been reestablished, and I'm not looking for it to be reestablished. Um, and that's again where I take a little bit of a different view than I know everyone does. Uh, I think that the fulfillment we have of what the temple was pointing toward was, is in Jesus, and uh, that's why I think in the book of Revelation, when you have the new Jerusalem, it says, I did not see a temple in the city uh, because the Father and the Lamb are are the temple. The temple was a way to represent God's presence with his people, and now in the age to come, God is with his people, right? right. And so there is no longer any need for that um, intercessory, that... that uh, um, interceding, uh, Jesus has become both the high priest, to use Hebrews term, and the, and the sacrifice. Um, so, yeah, it it I think that's what Daniel is pointing toward. It's it's so interesting to me though that you get this idea as specific as his prophecy is, especially in that chapters eleven and twelve. He's still only seeing this dimly, mm. and only understanding in part what's what's going to happen. I think so. Yep. Lots to chew on there. Yeah. Yeah. Very well, good. Brian, thanks so much yeah. for uh, leading us through Daniel. Hope it's been a, a help to people who are interested in this stuff uh, to yeah. dig into it. And Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was, it was great to, to, it's always, um, as we've been doing the podcast, and I think I missed this before, I appreciate more and more the Old Testament. Yeah, you absolutely. know, like as we go through that to see see what's happening, how this is, and how this is pointing us towards Christ. I think not so. not to diminish the New Testament, no, Jesus no. and yeah. <laughs> covenant, but you know that it, appreciation for those that Old Testament. It's so easy for us just to jump into the New Testament, and we don't understand the language of it unless we understand the Old Testament. I think first, so mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's any way to understand the Book of Revelation without first understanding what Daniel is, how he's using language, and and, and, these and the, the context and the history of what's going absolutely. on there. To see what's absolutely so we got work to do don't we yep yep all absolutely. right well brian thanks so much appreciate it yeah and uh look forward to jumping into advent yeah that sounds good we've all got right. a short advent series coming up and then we're going to take as is our long habit of three years we're going to take january off right so, yeah absolutely so if you like this make sure to share it with somebody um look yep. at our website uh, the bible bistro.com TheBibleBistro.com. You can sign up for a Patreon there, which is a way that you can financially support yeah. the bistro. And we're looking. Or send checks. Yeah. Brian said maybe as a as a gift to patrons, <laughs> if we can source the surfer Jesus. I'll pull it out for the next episode. Uh, snow globe surfing Jesus. I've seen it for myself now. I, I only saw it through a glass dark. You saw it dimly. And now <laughs> you beheld its glory. Face. It's heavier than I thought. Yeah. It's, 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 it's uh, quite, quite a thing. I think, did you say it looked like a um, murder tool from the game of Clue? Someone said that. Maybe Lauren said that. I didn't say that. I think Lauren said that. She's like, it looks like it's uh, from the game Clue. Anyway, all right. Well, we'll be back with Advent. We hope you have enjoyed this and that you're along with this. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) We hope you've enjoyed this and uh, join us for Advent. All right. Thanks so much, Brian. Bye.